Every leader has a strategy. Executing on that strategy is the challenge. If you want to learn how to effectively achieve what you've set out to accomplish, then this show is for you. Gain keen insights and listen in as leaders share their stories and challenges. Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation welcome you to Leader Dialogue Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Leader Dialogue, brought to you by Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation. I'm Duffy Dixon. Let's introduce you to the one person next to me. Sometimes we have a full house. Yes. But I get I get the founder of Soar Vision Group all to myself at the table, the mastermind <laughs> behind it all, Ben Sawyer. I'm the one that's appreciative, Duffy, <laughs> of having you at the table, not the other way around. <laughs> ben is the CEO, CEO with over 30 years of executive leadership experience, and you launched the SOAR Vision Group to help align people with purpose to achieve exceptional results, and you've had dramatic results, and, and it partners exactly with the Baldrige Foundation. And this week's guest, we've been doing a lot of that. Here is someone who told us last week that of all the things he looked at, and he he looked at the realm of possibilities, what to do in his organization, he says, you cannot beat the Baldrige Foundation. Yep. So given that, uh, we'll reintroduce this week, uh, Dr. Roland Stacy, and he is the Managing Director of the Healthcare Strategy Business Unit at Navigant. Now he's a nationally recognized healthcare leader. He believes in future-focused, leadership-driven approach to clients, as well as unique understanding of provider issues, leadership, governance challenges, and strategy alternatives. And I know we're going to start with leadership. And uh, I got to say, we came up with the world's best analogy last week. So <laughs> let, I mean, we're all into it. We, we talked after the show how much we liked it. So go ahead, guys, so, explain yeah. it again. So Rulon, welcome back. Uh, it's just Thank you. great to have you on, on the Leader Dial radio show. And as Duffy just said, the performance excellence framework of the Baldridge is comprehensive. You you gave us the example, the metaphor of the golfer, and that the different clubs within the bag are like a, a variety of great resources. In fact, you have to have them to be able to be successful. But the bag as a whole and playing the game is actually the Baldridge excellence uh, journey. And you referenced the caddy being, you know, like, the framework and the Baldrige consultants that can help uh, with that. So with that as kind of a backdrop, we're going to play off that. Let's talk a little bit about leadership. We mentioned uh, last week that uh, golfers you'll sometimes hear in their acceptance speeches referring to we when they were the ones that played the game. Uh, Jordan Spieth did that, actually, it is when he won the Masters. Um, and uh, the significance of uh, the role others play, and what are what are the requirements of really effective leadership? Can you maybe just take off on that example and talk to us a little bit more? Yeah, well, I I believe that the the framework drives you drives a leader to be a good leader. I don't think you have to be an excellent leader, and I don't think you have to be the the, the smartest person in the room. I think if you follow the the framework, it will force you. Uh, to do that, I've, I've said in the past and in other places that uh, it's it's much easier to make a nice person smart than it is to make a smart person nice. Uh -huh. Oh, that's true. And I think that's true. And the Baldrige criteria can take anybody. The framework can take anybody and mold them into an effective leader. And. I, I think that that is it's it's really important. I 
we talked a little bit last week about servant leadership, and I think Baldrige mandates that. And the way that it mandates that is it it forces you to understand as a leader who who is driving your boat. And in a in a hospital, uh, everybody is meaningfully important. And and we've we worked really hard as an organization to make sure that everybody knew the role they played and the meaningful part they played in providing in, in uh, providing world-class health care. And one of the issues that we found was that we had accountants in our organization who thought that they were accountants, and that is just wrong. I mean, you work in, in that organization, you focus on your vision, you are there to provide world-class health care, and, and you provide a very meaningful role. You might buy a three-iron, and that's okay. We need right. three irons. And but sometimes the doctors would think, well, this all revolves around me. I'm a, a well, not true. You're you're a seven iron. We use seven iron a lot, but that's no more important than a three iron. And so we, I believe that what the Baldrige framework does is it drives integration. It drives people to know why they come to work. And it and you want to change an accountant's life. You have them tell you which we did. We, we had everybody in the organization, CEO, accountants, doctors, housekeepers, write down two things that they were going to do in the next review cycle to inc- improve world-class health care in that organization. Hmm. And yeah, it great. makes a difference if you're an accountant thinking, I'm going to save somebody's life today. Yeah. You know what that reminds me of is the 1980s hockey team that won oh, gold. Yeah. Miracle on Ice. Miracle on Ice, right? Because they were all no names. Right. Like nobody was a standout. And that was actually why they won. Mm-hmm. Right? They were a team. They were a team. They all made it happen. And uh, the synergy and the power of that together, all around the same focus purpose, was actually what allowed them to win. And you guys throw out a, a term, I think when we first started this, what, two years ago now, that striking statistic and I believe tell me if it's wrong but it's like 95% of workers have no idea how what they do relates to the strategy of their company yeah that's actually um, John Cotter's work out of Harvard it's only 5% of uh, frontline workers understand how what they do connects to the organization's purpose that's huge yeah and I and I believe and I'm, I'm doing my own research as we speak that as you're, there is a direct correlation with, between the percentage of people in your organization who understand the vision of your organization, and the measures, the measurement that you use to to judge whether or not you're effective. If you you will be better at doing what you do at the more the people in your organization understand what your vision is, and at the more they get tied into that. And I don't care if you're making cars, or building boats, or running a college. It's yep. the same thing. Why, do, why does that fall short so often? Getting that vision passed through the whole, I mean, company, it's just, is it, is it just, it's just hard. Well, yeah, so let's, but, let, let's dive into that because I think the root causal factor that you're talking about, uh, Duffy, is exactly right. And Rulon, maybe take us off on, on that. I have some thoughts myself. But what, what do you think are kind of root causal factors as to why that doesn't occur? Well, Duffy, I think that's a great question because why is it? If, it could, if there is that kind of a correlation, the answer to that is that in our society today, we've, 
we've developed many organizations who live quarter to quarter and our goal is next quarterly returns and we're not working for changing process over time we're working we just finished second quarter we're working on third quarter results and if that's your goal you're going to you will you'll never be able to achieve long-term success and you'll never get your employees engaged in where you're going and i think that's the issue today and that's then the remedy is is the framework the baldrige framework it's it drives you to create sustainable long-term improvement that will keep your organization going for a generation and that's what we want right yeah it's, like it's the long game going back to well and there's there are other dynamics that are definitely root causal as it relates to effective leadership so i was talking to a friend earlier today who is describing a new boss that just came in that is working with her on trying to optimize something that she and her team have been working on for a better part of 15 years. This this gentleman, nice guy, never has been to that location, but has all the answers and represented it to the CEO. Everything that he got from them on the call was his idea that he wrote. Now, why would he, somebody do that, right? Well, it's because he's new. He's trying to make himself look good. He wants to be able to have upward mobility. And therefore, what's important, you know, what happens to him trumps what happens to his employees and or the organization as a whole. That's actually quite common in a, in a cutthroat, highly competitive organization. Is that fair, uh, Rulon? I, I absolutely think that's fair. And, and I think effective leaders judge their success by the success of the people who work with them in their organization. Right. And which, I specifically don't say for them. Yeah, which, yeah. which I think is what Jim Collins and Morton uh, pointed out in their level five leadership characteristic, right? The, the, the one thing about level five leaders is you, don't, you almost don't know they're there <laughs> because it's not about them. They're not showcasing uh, who they are. They're instead really servant leaders. And empowering. So, the people around them. So you know Russ Branzell, right? I do. I know I Russ do. well. He is the, the CEO of the College of Health Information Management Executives. And I'll use him as an example if you promise that nobody will ever know that I said this. I trust that nobody <laughs> listens to Just this. Just no. Nobody listens to this. Yeah, yeah by we'll the way, this is a safe environment to <laughs> say those kinds of and things. And it's not recorded right, forever right. and ever. <laughs> so we're the clear. The last thing I need in my life is <laughs> Russ Branzell thinking I gave him kudos. But... We were, we were in a meeting. I was in a meeting with him, and we were um, listening to a, a management report. And uh, he said, "You know, I've just been, I've been keeping track here. Over the last hour, we've talked about I and me, seventy-two times, and we've never said we and us. Or and he ha he he kept he literally kept that. And the <laughs> that visual like of that was so powerful yeah. to." To be able to say what are what is this that we're about, and I learned a great lesson from him. Yeah, um, providing he never knows that I learned that great. Yeah, lesson. right, right, right. He was a about, guest, by the way, on this on this show yes. uh, some months ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a wasted program. <laughs> that he can know, right? Is that? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you can tell him that. Tell him. Now we're gonna have to get them both on one program yeah. together. So, <laughs> so to move along, so one of the things that you connected to leadership last week, Rulon, was the notion of transparency. In fact, I jotted down basically what you had said last week: is stability comes from vision, um, vision comes from leadership transparency and engagement. Talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, that that seemed to be something that had 
you know, been sort of burned into your uh, conscience at, or, or thought as you went through these Baldur's journeys. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I, I do. I'm pretty passionate about that. I feel like um, leadership is is that the the service that we we give as leadership and the customers of our service are our employees. And, right. And that they have every right to expect us to provide that that good service to them, and they should measure us. Press Ganey, that's why they're so important, is because right. we it's important to be able to measure how well we do that. And so if you if an effective organization does that, first of all, the Baldrige framework help you drive that into the the psyche of your organization. But it, it uh, which is important, and it, but it also helps you as a as a leader understand what your employees are doing and how to to help them be successful at what they do. And if they are successful at what they do, the organization is successful. And and it's very possible that people will say, oh my gosh, your employees are awesome. They're doing so good. And some empl- some leaders get nervous by that. And right. the, But I have found that the greater risk is the exact opposite, that your employees are doing great and people come to you and say, you are so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And you really do mean, yeah, no, not really, honestly. Yeah. I'm truly... Uh, it's I, it's not it's not me and and that's the that's what the framework drives and I think it's what good leaders do and I think it's how we we measure that process. Yeah, I think that that organizations that train their leaders to be the servants of their employees to make do whatever they have to do to make their employees engaged in what they do will provide a better outcome and. Uh, yeah, you just organizations that are able to to instill that in their leaders will be more effective, I believe. So two things on that. One, um, the greatest teacher of all time, I think, said the greatest of all is a servant of all, and you go down to go up, right? Um, speaking of of Jesus, um, so that's fascinating that that principle has been around for a long time. It's mm-hmm. just that you know many of us as leaders choose to ignore that. But the next uh, connection point I wanted to, to take is how much more meaningful does measurement and accountability uh, become, Rulon, once employees understand how what they do meaningfully connects to the, org- the, the, the mission and vision of the organization? In other words, as a contrast, they can be, you know, uh, uh, managed roughshod and sort of buffaloed relative to the things that they're required to do, or... They can be engaged as partners, understanding the value of what they're trying to accomplish and therefore the meaningfulness of those measures and welcome accountability. How, how do you navigate that within the Baldridge? Well, I think it navigates itself. I, I think that if, you're, if you develop an organization that is truly about supporting the employees and helping the employees be successful in what they do, then they will they will come to understand that, and so, and there's a very easy way to to tell if um, it, if that's being effective in your organization. So in some organizations, when you when you look at comparative data, so we'll say that I'll use a healthcare example just because that's what I do. If you're in a hospital and you look at the infection rate 
in your hospital, and then you compare that with with operating rooms, um, and you compare that with the competing operating rooms around you. When you get that report, if your employees look at that and say, "Oh my goodness, quick, put that under the table," somebody will see that we're not mm. performing well. Then you haven't fully vetted your servant leadership. If they look at that report and they say, holy Hannah, what are they doing that we're not doing? Somebody right. call them. Yeah. Let's find out what right. they're doing. That's the difference. And that's how you tell the difference. And so if if people are scared by the data and the comparisons and the the measurements that we get, then, then the leadership, there's a void in the leadership. Right. If they thirst after that data and they they spend their their spare hours looking for somebody who does it better because they want to do it better then you've been successful and that that's a, a very important nuance between fear and productivity and yeah 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 a leader's got to measure that and it's profound i mean it may be a small nuance but it, but the application is profound from the standpoint of organizational performance that's that's fascinating okay so i wanted to ask you we talked last week about some of the key um, determinants for success. So maybe for the listeners, if you don't mind, in your experience, what are sort of the top three key determinants for success as organizations embark on these Baldur's journeys? And I know that's challenging because there's a lot of key determinants, but if you had to distill it down to the top three in your based on your experience, Ridlon, what would you say those are? So is your is your question about for an organization that wants to get on a Baldrige journey? What would they? How do they measure? It would no. I'm asking. Yeah, thank you for the for asking the clarifying question. What I'm actually asking is, for them to be able to be successful, what are three key determinants uh, that they will have to be able to you know demonstrate to be able to be uh, you know uh, successful with the Baldrige journey? In other words, become oh, winners. It. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I would say if I were to pick, and, and this is a complete crapshoot, obviously. Way to stump, I, way to stump the guest. Hey, I'm tr- I'm working <laughs> yeah, hard, right? and he's and he's doing great. Yeah. He's he's handling yeah, all the in questions. In fact, I'm I'm leaving now. I'm just like Russ. <laughs> I'm leaving. Ben, do you do I, you sing well? <laughs> I I think that if I were going to find a correlation with success, it's um, your ability to establish a vision and to do that at any organization has to meet has to have a meaningful vibrant organizational profile so I, I from an organization I would build it off your organizational profile uh, make sure that that's good make sure your board understands that but I'm going to go back to that research that I talked about earlier as your success will be in any organization will be directly tied to how engaged your employees feel in what it is you're trying to do. We we measured for our employees um, how like how how badly they wanted to jump out of bed and come to work in the morning. Yeah. We and and the way that we do that is by helping them understand what our vision is, the role that they play in their vision, why that's important. So I would say that whatever number two and number three might be, getting every employee, if you've got 10,000 employees in your organization and the top 100 know what your vision is and what they're going to do, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. Getting that through the 10,000 
is hard work. It is right. hard. Yep. But that's the what the framework does, and that's the transparency that comes in. It's it's learning how other people, other our organizations have done it. So you got to have something to tell them. That's why the organizational profile is meaningful. Uh, you've, you've really got to work through that. You've got to have a meaningful vision and have thought about it. But then you've got to have everybody engaged in it. I mean, And I mean everybody. And you've got to have people not only knowing what it is, but what they're doing to make it successful personally. Yeah. So um, as a candidate for Key Determinant 3, we had talked last week on last week's radio show about Category 4, knowledge um, and knowledge management. Um, and you had said that it's pivotal that you actually understand how you're doing relative to other organizations because people should be able to say, you know, if you think you're the best, then why aren't you the best in this? I'm paraphrasing. Would yeah. How does that connect? Like you, your number one is ability to establish a, a, you know, a vision, a vibrant organizational profile. Second was direct correlation to employee engagement and, and they're motivated to get out of bed. How important is the metrics that matter tying those two things well, together? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it, is, it is the metrics. I, um, and I, I think I'm not a, an expert on the categories, and I, I almost feel like Category 4 is more our ability to share data internally and our ability to make sure that everybody in the organization is, is operating with the data that, that they need in their place at their time and that the comparisons come from Category 6 when we're talking about our consumers and the consumer needs. And, and that, you know, those nuances, uh, you'd have to get a, a, a trained examiner to be able to, to answer that. But what I do know is that getting that data in front of people is crucial. And, we, and whatever Category 4 does, it, it might be how we get the data from other organizations, but it certainly is how we share data within our organization and we can't have if if you've got department one looking at one set of data and department two looking at another set of data and they never talk together it's just you've lost you've already lost and so category four becomes it, it truly is knowledge management it's the ability to to adjust all that data with all the people and make sure that everybody has the same baseline to work from Right. And then I think you can tear it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's transition um, to this big topic of uh, sustainability. So you had said earlier in the healthcare world, uh, high performers can both drive down costs and increase quality simultaneously, and that doesn't happen unless it's a system-based approach, right? So how we talked a lot about how an organization can work to get to that level, but talk to us a little bit about sustainability and what is required there. And, and the first question I wanted to ask is like, for example, at Poudre Valley, when you left and when Russ left and when some other leaders left, what happened? Was Poudre Valley able to continue that same sustainable trajectory or or were they not? And if not, what what were the determinants that might have impacted that? Or or pick any organization. I don't mean to just you know specifically speak about Poudre Valley. It uh, Poudre Valley w- w- c- continued on that journey, and 
actually received a third statewide award, as I mentioned last week. Yeah, right. In the the program, just because the process had worked so well. Yeah. And I think that the process can continue um, to work. The Poudre Valley has now, because we saw where healthcare was going, we we merged with the University of Colorado Hospital and then with Memorial Health System of Colorado Springs, and it's a much different organization today than it was, but it is a different organization because um, that the, the board and the leadership and of Poudre Valley Health System was continually, as a matter of process, reviewing the market, reviewing the trends, and making sure that we were prepared for those trends, and then everybody in the organization was operationalizing that. So I, gotcha. I think any organization, in August of last year, it's been just about a year ago now, Moody's Investor Services published a report that said uh, that costs in in healthcare, that revenue in healthcare is decreasing, and that and has been for six years, and in the best economic market we've had in a long time, our costs are uh, the the revenue is declining faster than our costs are, and and what are we going to do when we're in a bad economic environment? And so for healthcare organizations, we have not done a good job. And I I wrote a a LinkedIn note about this as I got frustrated about a year ago and said, you guys, what are we doing? What there is an answer here, and the right. answer is get on a path. If you got on this path three years ago, you would have been three years down the road now. Right. And and then you would have been driving toward sustainability. And if you start working toward the end of third quarter, you're you're gonna. I, I can drive out costs by the end of third quarter, but I can't keep them out, and neither can you. Yeah. It it's it's a long term process. So I was just jotting a couple things down as you talked. It it sounded like three things that were really key for sustainability are evaluate trends, prepare to meet or exceed those trends, be a, a differentiated organization. And then execute. Well, the execution uh, is all about Category 7, if you're able to do what you, you say you're going to do. I might modify the first two and say that it's it's the process of strategy, and mm-hmm. I think good organizations get into a cycle where they gather data, they review the data, they populate their strategy um, process and, and and for us we gather data in December and then we analyze that data and every year in March the board would meet and and um, set the beginnings of a strategic plan and then we would develop a clinical and a, a financial strategic plan and then the third Wednesday in September every year the board would meet and adopt its its strategic plan having worked on it now for eight months and then they would develop in the fourth quarter we would develop the the measurements that we were going to use to implement that they would go live on january 1st but in december we would have started the process to review the market already mm-hmm. again every mm-hmm. year and you get into a process like that and we called it uh in our organization we have to rule and proof this thing we just can't <laughs> not even rule and screw this up trademark and, that <laughs> right <laughs> we're going to rule and proof it and because if if you get into a process like that, then it does become self-sustaining and it is bigger than any one yeah, person. Yeah, right. So for the listeners, we're going to reconnect again uh, because a lot of what we're talking about is in uh, is ensconced within the organization hierarchy of needs. So 
for those of you who are listening, you can go to the leaderdialogue.com website. Remember, dialogue is D-I-A-L-O-G-U-E, so leaderdialogue.com. And on the homepage, you will see the Organizational Hierarchy of Needs. To just connect the dots with, with some of the things that our guest, Dr. Rulon Stacy, talk, is talking about, um, you look at strategy, development, and execution, aligning people with purpose to achieve exceptional results. Uh, is very, very important as a constant and continuous and effective process. At the bottom in the foundation, you have to have very effective colleague engagement. We talked about that. And that if they're not engaged, uh, it's not going to happen. It can't, as you said, Rulon, it's not the top 100 leaders. It's the all, all, all 10,000 uh, that is the opportunity. And then the, the second from the bottom in the organizational hierarchy of needs is organizational effectiveness, which is all about execution. Uh, this, this isn't a solo act. This isn't just one that you you know, think your way through, it's actually creating orchestration. And then in the middle is all the customer value. And you, you had talked about um, in the strategic planning cycle, the criticality of understanding the voice of the customer, even market segmentation, and being able to then very definitively and in a differentiated way meet customer value. So that is like like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that's an organizational hierarchy of needs. And and I think you had also articulated well, Rulon, that, that permeating all of that is effective leadership uh, that is servant leadership and also uh, a, cl- a clarity around data, the metrics that matter so the organization can be aligned and know what they're going after, both in terms of action and data. Have I summarized that reasonably well? Very well. And I will also say, I should have said this sooner, I've spent some time on your website and it's the best I've seen ever. Wow. And I, wow. Thank you, Rulon. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I have some framework in saying that. So I, I do agree. I, I think it's, it's worthy of a great review by the people listening. Do we well, get the Rulon proof stamp of endorsement? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. No, you don't want that. You, you don't want, yeah. That's right. <laughs> You get the you get the unruling stamp. There you go. <laughs> but just in closing, I think you know what some people have been a little bit intimidated by the Baldridge framework because it's it's big, it's con- you know it's comprehensive and so forth, and it takes a long time. What we're trying to help uh, organizations understand that is that you can accelerate short-term results. The organizational hierarchy of needs has been lurking within the Baldridge framework for a long time. We just took the opportunity to surface it. People understand that quite clearly. We, In fact, we had a, a CEO from our last um, uh, CEO roundtable event, we do these Innovation Council events, who said that specific thing, like that was the clearest I've seen of connecting the dots, which is great. Because again, you have to be able to galvanize people around something, just like the metaphor of golf. People understand it, then they can actually act upon it and it makes sense to them. Um, as opposed to the you know 283 questions they have to ask exactly. and answer that type of thing, um, and also right. it's a also, nice way to wait in. Yeah, yeah, and also if you can clarify your strategy and figure out how to execute on that, I mean that drives you towards results as quickly as possible. It's almost like the key work processes that are involved in all the categories come over in sort of a matrix level to your strategy execution. And if you're really clear on your pillars and your strategic priorities and your objective KPIs uh, and and initiatives and action items, if those two things are intersecting, that's how the that's how the journey is accelerated. So 
Rulon, thank you so much again for being on two weeks in a row. We so appreciate it. Um, any sort of final thoughts for the listeners? No, I, this has been very, very valuable to me and, and a great dialogue. I appreciate all that you all are doing and and appreciate the support of the Baldrige Framework in general and the Baldrige Foundation specifically. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you so much, and thanks to everyone who listened again this week. Brought to you by the SOAR Vision Group and the Baldrige Foundation. This is Leader Dialogue. You can always listen to a new live show every Friday at 1 o'clock Eastern Time here on Business Radio X, or you can also, if you can't join us live, go to leaderdialogue.com. Again, Ben, D-I-A-L-O-G-U-E dot com slash podcast on behalf of ben sitting next to me and also our producers trey and mike i'm duffy dixon we'll see you next time on business radio x 